podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. <coughs> Cough right down the mic there. Guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show, Euro 2020. This is episode number 12. It is squeaky bum time for the English and the Danish, and uh, me and Andy have already had an argument, and it was five past seven, so this is going to be a very, very interesting show, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Look, a, a good debate, but the show is live, as always, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many a great show and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So do give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications and, and of course, spread the word. But most of all, if you prefer your podcast in audio form, search Ace Podcast Nation. You'll find us at the moment on every single podcast network out there or a podcast podcast platform out there. I nearly gave something away then. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but uh Soon to be, soon to be, uh, just sort of changing a little bit, but nothing to worry about. Only to be excited about more news to follow. Uh, as ever, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, who are a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and uh, their website. The links to which are in the description below. 
And of course, uh, I believe they're in the closing credits. But, you know, I've been saying that and I don't know if they are in the closing credits for the Euro show. But there we go. Um, but it's uh, in the description below as well. And uh, of course, today's sponsor, for uh, as usual, for the Andy Cabell Football Show is Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial. Bespoke Financial, who specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and sports cover. Uh, Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is taken out. So please check him out. Give him a call. Do not miss out on an incredible offer. He's looked after Andy for many a year with the various policies, the critical illness, the injury cover. They are top of their field, not just a catchy phrase. They do provide award-winning service, and that's why we are so proud to partner with them. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show as ever. But let's get into it, because it's going to be a very interesting show, as ever, live via satellite. It is my good buddy, my co-host, the goal collector, former England under-21 striker, Cardiff and Middlesbrough hero, Mr Andy Campbell. How are you, mate? Good evening. Um, just going back on uh, Darren and obviously Bespoke. I might need him tonight about 10 o'clock with a, with a heart problem. <laughs> if, uh, if, the game if the game doesn't go the way I want it to or it goes like last night, because I know we're going to talk about last night, but... Um, but yeah, just so much seems to happen in a short space of time. You know what I mean? That game last night was some game of football, by the way. Like yeah, a proper, a proper game. A proper game. Spot on, mate. And um, of course, joining us for the last time, for the time being, it is former Wales Cardiff Swansea forward, Mr David Giles. How are you, legend? I'm good, sir. Good evening. Good evening, Andy. Nice to see you again. Yeah, good, great to have you on. I'm looking forward to uh, digging deep on the game, obviously, last night. Um, and obviously looking yes, forward indeed. to tonight and, and, and going through things in a little bit more detail. Obviously, the teams have, have been announced. Some people might be surprised. Ooh, some people might some not be. i to say for that. Um, but it, like, like I just said say. there, Si, things, things seem to happen in a short space of time. And it's, um, it's just the joys of football. You know what I mean? Everyone's got yes, their opinion man. on things, good or bad. You know what I mean? But And, and, and what I want to put across to everybody else is, it's just people's opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's wrong. You know what I mean? Everyone that's just, and that's a good thing about football. And, and that's what we miss sometimes about going to the pub after games, that we that the VR stops all that controversy. Um, so we try to find that controversy within different reams, basically. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight. Can't wait to discuss um, yesterday and discuss what's going to happen in around, what, 50 minutes' time. Yes, indeed, mate. You set me up beautifully there, talking about people looking for controversy. And I'm going to start with them. Um, <laughs> so yesterday, was it yesterday or it might be this morning? I think it was yesterday. Um, yes, Cash Bruce Michael, Danish goalkeeper, uh, vice captain as well, I believe, was asked by uh, an English journalist, absolutely ridiculous question, which shouldn't have been asked. He didn't want to give up. Uh, he said, he basically, to paraphrase, said, do Denmark want to stop football coming home or something like that? Um, shouldn't have been asked. They should be asking him about, you know, the Den Denmark teams, Denmark tactics, Denmark's journey. You know, it's not as if they haven't got their own journey, which they've had. But it was asked. And tongue-in-cheek, Kasper Schmeichel replied, has it ever been home? And then the journalist said, well, 1966. And then he said, oh, well, it was, you know, the World Cup, not the Euros, whatever. So... Of course, as social media is, everyone jumps on it. Oh, he's good enough to play in the English league, blah, 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 blah. And it's like just creating this like fake controversy over nothing 
Like there was no nastiness in it whatsoever. The question shouldn't have been asked anyway. And nothing that he said was incorrect. So it's like, I just don't get it. It's like trying to trying to create a problem when there's not a problem is a really weird thing to me. I don't understand it at all. Um, and look, well, why not ask him, are you, you know, how much would it mean to you if you could win the Euros like your dad did? That's a better question, surely. What do you think, Andy? I know, I know. Uh, what uh, no, listen, that, that, that question for me would have been a perfect way to finish the interview or have a question because that, that, that is what the Denmark fans want to hear. That's probably what football fans want to hear. Football fans don't want to hear that question. I've got a few, I've got a different take on it. Um, I, I don't believe that he should have answered the question. I believe yeah. whoever's doing the media for Denmark has let him down massively because they put him in a situation that in two days' time, a week's time, six weeks' time, he's going back to Leicester City and he's going back into English football. And regardless how much of a hero he's looked around the world with what's happened during the Euros, um, I think somebody's hung, hung him out to dry a little bit and given, him, given fans yeah. an opportunity to dislike him. And he's not a dislikable character. He's a lovely character. He's a bubbly fella. And, that's, and I don't know him, by the way. I'm just think, saying what I think about him. I think he's been let down by people. And yes, he didn't mean it. I don't believe. Yes, he said it with a smile on his face, which he was trying to joke and laugh with, with, with the media. But the media's job is there to sell papers or sell stories or sell things. And they've sold it. And he's done the job for them. And, you know what I mean, for me, I, I, I just think it was an outrageous question. He hasn't helped himself by answering it. He could have just brushed over it, but that's not really his job to say to brush over it. Someone else could have informed him and told him to do that. I'm, I'm disappointed. I think it's it's a, it's a thing that didn't need to happen, and it's a thing which uh, we, we didn't need to be focused on before this game. You know what I mean? Because Casper Michael has a bad game. There's, there's focus on it. He has a good game and it knocks England out. Then that that interview will come back to haunt him. I believe a little bit because he'll get some stick. You look at the stick David Beckham had for getting sent off. People love to cause a problem. A problem there. You know what I mean? And, and I hope he's not painted as a villain. You know what I mean? And if that means, listen, I want England to win more than more than anybody in, the, in, in England, I believe. But if Denmark win tonight because they're the best side and they deserve to win, I hope Casper Michael doesn't become a scapegoat about what he said yesterday. Yeah. And do you know, the other thing, um, Jairo, is like people, uh, not us, but people on social media and football fans generally, they moan about the disconnect between players and um and fans and and how players always give the same you know generic answers about football you know when they're asked questions in media and stuff like that it's like he was having a little bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh do we want him to be like a robot and just kind of go i don't know whatever just give a really boring answer and also football footballers take a hell of a lot of abuse disguised as banter sometimes and then as soon as they have a bit back, it seems like everyone wants to have a problem with it. I don't really understand it, but I do agree with you, Andy, in that the Danish PR person probably could have done him a favour and said, can we stick to talking about Denmark or something? Just to just takes any issue out of it whatsoever. But I don't know. What's your take on it, Jairo? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with Andy. It, it, it's a question that uh, should have never been asked. But again, this is how um, this is the times we live in. To be honest, in in my day, journalists wouldn't have never asked a question like that, or or, or put a, a, a player from another country on the spot like that. Yes, the um, the Danish uh, press uh, guy with him should have stopped the interview and said, "Listen, I'm sorry, but we're not having that. We're not we're, we're not even going to go down that road." You're trying to, like you said, 
uh, hang him out to dry. I think he was going back a few weeks. I Wales played um, when he got beat by Denmark, and mm. some some guy asked Gareth Bale, "Will you? Are you going to still be playing for Wales? You know, are yeah. you thinking about that?" And fair dues to Bailey, he said, he walked away. He walked off. It wasn't and, the right time to ask that question. Was no, it? of course it's no. not. Of course it's no. not. So, and and yes, unfortunately now because of the the answer he gave, Casper Spiegel, um, you will get some people that that will will target him, you know, for for saying that. But um, my God, he's got a massive game on uh, in, in front of him tonight. Uh, he's representing his country. You know, it's a uh, it, it it's a position really. I I I don't think any other the, the the players should be doing that before they. I know fans like to to hear reaction and 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 they want to hear what you know what their take is on it or whatever. But honestly, I think there's there's certain questions that the journalists should stick to football related questions. Decent questions. Not, as you say, I, 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 do you intend stopping football coming home? You know, it's a pathetic question, really. I don't know who the guy is. It's but... a ridiculous question. Yeah. It, and do you know what it is? It's a question which is designed to try and bait him into saying something like that. Yeah, so yeah. then you can put up all the clickbait headlines and stuff like that. So I guess from that point of view, that journalist's boss is probably quite happy. Yeah. Because oh, he, yeah. he baited him into the answer. Yeah. But... I just think that Casper Schmeichel shouldn't be criticised for answering it, I guess, is my point. At the end of the day, he was asked a question. He answered it honestly. He didn't say anything offensive. I thought it was quite funny. Move on. But And like I said, that question which I said about Peter Schmeichel, to me, is a far more interesting question. Brings up a far... You could have created a better conversation talking about, um, you know, how his dad won it and how he's... Because he, let's face it, no matter how good and how much he achieves in football, he must always feel like he's in his dad's shadow just because of who his dad was. Like, that's a far more interesting conversation to me as a football fan than trying to bait him by saying, do you want to stop football coming home? It's a stupid question. And, you could ask, and I, think it, I think it was Gavin said you could ask about Christian Eriksen. You could ask so many better questions. The Denmark side have got like three youngsters Sort of twenty-five and under who were taking European football by storm in this tournament. Let's talk about that. I just don't get it. It's a no. it's a bigger achievement though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. What what Peter Schmeichel and and Kasper Schmeichel will do if they both win the Euros is a huge achievement. Which, to my knowledge, I don't think it's ever gonna ever happened or ever probably gonna happen with father no. and son winning it. You know what I mean? And and with winning it with the kind of players what are around now. You're on about the Cristiano Ronaldo's, you're on about the England team, you're on about the Italy team. If Denmark go on to win this tournament. It will be an absolutely momentous um, achievement with what happened at the start of the tournament, with losing the first two games as well. So, for me, listen, I, I don't blame him. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bitter against him. I don't. I, I just think it could have been massively avoided and should have been avoided. And I think there's loads of people who are to blame for that, and not Casper himself, because if he's if he's told to answer questions. Yeah, if you're told to answer questions, you answer questions. Um, it's a strange word, I don't know. Um, right, of course, we're going to spend the latter half of this show talking uh, and England, Denmark. Sorry, Andy, you froze up, mate. Go on. Go on to the question. frozen. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk the latter half. We're going to focus on the England, Denmark um, match. But I do want to talk last night's semi final because um, what a game of football! I was watching it, and when it was still nil-nil, I was thinking, uh, Gilo, I was thinking, this might possibly be the best nil-nil I've ever witnessed. 
and it wasn't long after that that Italy scored. But it was what a game of football that was. Um, I thought Italy were outstanding. However, I thought for the first time, Denmark were able to get at their defence a bit in the sort of the middle of the second half. And it was the first time they looked a bit ropey. Spain, you said Denmark, sorry, Spain. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Spain. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like Andy said, it went at the start of the show, a fabulous game. You know, that that's the type of... If if we can get games like that, then a lot more people would, would be more tuned in and glued to watching football. Sadly to say that there's a lot of games you see on, on the TV now that I turn off after 20 minutes because you know it's going to be a, a boarding nil-nil or someone may score in the 90-plus four minutes, you know, of, of added time. But last night's game, yeah, you mentioned Italy. Italy were, were, were brilliant. But for me, Spain have got it back. There, a lot of people wrote them off to start this uh, competition, saying, oh, Spain have had it, you know, they're, they're, they're in turmoil. Uh, they're trying different things. Great character from Spain. To go a goal down and come back in the way they did, uh, I have to say the penalty taking was awful. But um, yeah. Well, they, their, penalt their penalties weren't very good in the, the Swiss yeah. game, but they got yeah. away with it because Switzerland's penalties were worse. Um, the one thing I thought Spain got wrong was taking off Koke um, when they did, because I thought he was the player who was unlocking the Italian defence a lot. And I know they went on to score after that, but I felt like he, should, he was the one player I would have kept on because just before he got taken off... Um, the Alathabel who missed a header from when he uh, Koke just sort of curled a little dinked ball over the defence and he just had to get any part of his head on the ball and it mm. would have been a goal and he just completely missed it. But um, that was my one, if I was a Spanish fan, I think it would have been my one gripe because I thought Koke um, was outstanding. I thought he was, has had an absolutely outstanding tournament. Um, mm. Andy, are you with us now? Yeah, yeah, you can hear us. Cool. Um, what did you think of Koke's tournament, Mitch? Because I was really impressed with how he played yesterday and I was surprised he was taken off. He's gone again, is he? I'm not sure. It's difficult to say. He could just be being super still. I, I can hear you. Go on. Um, I, I, thought, I thought Spain set up beautifully. I thought the tactics from Enrique were absolutely spot on. The way that they got at the Italians, the way that they kept the ball, the way that they pressed, the way that they pressed the, 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 the two full-backs um, who I thought would have struggled, by the way, without Spinozola. And I thought Emerson was excellent. Uh, you know what I mean? I thought he was, I thought he was like for like, so I'm not going to make him as a scapegoat because I thought he was excellent. I thought he tied towards the end, so that's why he came off. Um, one thing that Spain massively missed for me was um, was a Fernando Torres or um, a David Villa type centre forward because they're, yes. they're just really struggling in that final third. A real goal scorer would sniff a goal out. I thought Morata did well, um, but he just lacks confidence sometimes in the box. He just makes a final choice and he makes it wrong. I thought his goal was fantastic. He took his goal really well, but there was a time before that he took another touch, another touch, and he ended up getting a corner. Um, and I just thought they were, they were taking a few shots outside the box where Spain are really on their game when they get the ball in the box. Tight little one-twos or tight little balls on the corner to get your shots to win. Fernando Torres has made a career out of it. Um, David Villa's done the same. And for me, they just missed that that link centre-forward. They, they, they've gone the physical route. They've, um, the, the, the way they kept the ball was absolutely brilliant. The way they defended was absolutely brilliant. I can't fault yeah. the performance. I can't fault anything about it. Apart from the penalties. I, and even the penalties. Listen, everyone's brave enough to go and take one. Um, and if it goes to penalties tonight... 
whoever's brave, brave to go and take one, you've got to give him credit because it's, it's a semi-final of a, a European competition. You know what I mean? He's got to take some guts and some desire to want to take a penalty and to be scared not to miss and to, and to put your name on the line. You know what I mean? We've, everyone laughs and jokes about Gareth Southgate missing it, but listen, there's players last night and Spain have, have, have not had a great record this, this tournament on penalties, but um, I thought Enrique got everything right, apart from his dress sense again, by the way, his dress sense. He looked like he was going out with his mates to the pub. It was just, he's, he had his trainers on, his jeans on, but, but do you know what? Tactically, uh, positionally, selection, everything about what he did on his team for his team, he was absolutely monumental. He was absolutely brilliant and I can't fault everything he did and his players and, and the Spanish press ex-players should be so proud of what their team has achieved because yes, if, yes. They, if they can take that team to the next level, to the World Cup, to the next Euros, with a little bit of tweaking and a few players maybe added and a, and, a, and a bit of confidence, they'll win something again and they'll keep winning it because they're that good. The um the you're right. They need a, they need a striker. They need a finisher. Is um I wonder if they've got a young young Spanish striker anywhere across Europe hiding away, which we maybe hasn't quite made his name yet. But they made they created a lot of chances, Jilo, last night, yeah. and um they just didn't take them. And unfortunately, uh, uh, a who has had a great tournament was guilty of missing two, which, you know, at this level, you've got to take those chances in the big games, yeah. particularly. Um, and it was, I felt sorry for him because then he's another one who's had a tremendous tournament and you don't like to see those people who've had that great tournament kind of finish on a, a negative where you, you know, you know, those chances, particularly the header, uh, the second one is going to really play on his mind. Like he's going to replay that for a couple of weeks back over how he's missed it. And then he obviously got taken off. Um, who else impressed you from the Spanish team uh, in this tournament, Dave? Um, to be honest, and uh, sorry, say, uh, but with, with names and Spanish, I'm uh, I'm not particularly good. Yeah. So probably with numbers. Listen, uh, uh, just going back to the to the Spain thing again. What Andy said, you know, like I I said, they, they, a lot of people had, had, had wrote them off. Didn't give any chance. We saw how good they are. And you know what? Nobody has done that to Italy in this tournament up to now. No, no, Nobody. No. They, they did things against Italy, which people think, my God, you know, it, 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 a, a Spain that good or at Italy, not as good as we all think. So whoever does play Italy in the final, they'll look at that, that match again with Spain. Um, and see where where the Spanish got at them, but but again, like Andy said, you know the the modern game now it, um, of keeping the ball, of retaining the ball. Spain were absolutely phenomenal. They're they're mm. quick into passing. They're they're moving the ball around. One touch, two touch. You know that that is good, as good as anyone in the world. And I totally agree with what Andy says. I don't know whether Emilio Butragueño has got any children that may be coming up or mm -hmm. enough to play, or if they can find another Raúl. There was another striker, yeah. you know, which they've always had. You know, Torres, people like that, David, they've always had that one player, but he's not there at the moment. But when they get that player, I totally agree with Andy. The Spanish will win things again. And and they're they're great to watch Spain. I, I always enjoy yeah. watching Spain play. Mm. Spot on. Um, I, I think side. So, sorry, sorry to butt in. We've 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 been quite fortunate, haven't we, to uh, be growing up and watching the Busquets and the Zavis and the Iniestas. Um, because they've done it for club and they've done it for country. But I tell you what, since Xavi and Iniesta have left and gone to obviously retired, Busquets has just held that position. You know what I mean? He's looked after the young players. I thought Pedri was excellent. Um, Do you think he's he matured as well, mate, The way you don't yeah, see the petulance from him. 
the no, diving around and holding his yeah, face and stuff. I think he. I think he has to, but because he's because he's full of younger players as well. He's full of younger players at Barcelona. He's full of younger players in the Spanish squad, um, and I think the future is bright. Uh, I think they've got an opportunity to uh, to really excel and be. <laughs> Give him a second. See if he comes back. There he is. There he is. Come on, and come back now. I'm back now. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, I, I don't know what you heard and what you didn't hear. Um, I, I think the project has got to be a three, four, five, six, eight-year project for Spain, and, and I believe um, that the future is massively bright. Almore, I thought was was fantastic. He, he had a lot, a lot of young, long-range shots yesterday, but a lot of them didn't hit the target. Um, there we go. Um, but even defensively, Aspilicueta, you know what I mean? He's not renowned for his pace. I thought he was very good yesterday. I thought Jordi Alba. Um, everyone says his legs were going. I thought he was excellent. Um, Laporte doesn't play week in week out for Man City, but I thought he was very good. Well, he's had a good well. tournament. I thought, you know, yeah, I, the, probably the biggest surprise for me was was a goalkeeper. I, I didn't expect mm. him to play. Um, the games that he's played, I, I thought they would have gone for a little bit more experience. But you play who you, who you think's your best goalkeeper, and for me, I don't think he let his let his, let his country down. He saved a penalty. I so, think so. He deserves his opportunity. Yeah, with that keeper, I think he responded so well to that mistake that he made in, um, I think it was against Hungary, maybe, where yeah, the back pass the from like the 30 yards. Yeah. Like, that's a massive mistake on a big stage. And to mm. then go and come back and save penalties. And, and you know, he, he played pretty well throughout the tournament. Um, but, yeah, they got a very young side, you know, bar one or two. It's um, I was very impressed with them. I thought, um, like I said, I thought Koke... Um, was phenomenal all tournament. I thought Olmo was at a great tournament. I he's really impressed. Pedri, Busquets. Um, but one who really kind of stuck out for me in the back was Laporte. Um, just because I've never really thought he looked that good for Man City. Like he looks all right yeah. in some games, but I just thought he looked so assured in this tournament. Um physical when he needed to be, really impressive. Um on the Italian front. So many players that you can mention, um, but for me, their midfield three is what um, what has placed them apart from everyone else in the tournament so far. Both defensively, they protect the defence, but they also they counter attack so quickly, and they counter counter attack quite direct. Like sometimes you'll see Donnarumma ping a ball from the goal area to one of the strikers to their feet quite firmly and then they play off that gyro which yeah. is not something you always see from you know the likes of Italy and Spain and and these European sides they tend to build from the back and of course you know Italy do build from the back but they 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 have the attributes and they have the confidence to go a bit more direct in the way they attack as well um but there yeah the midfield three is what really sold it to me but Jilo, I wanted to get your take on, like you said about um, Spain, the first team who really created a number of chances against Italy. Um, and interestingly, Denmark and England sets, both set up quite similar to the way Spain do. Um, mm. So if you were looking at that last night from their point of view, you must have thought, like I, the one thing with the Italian central defence is that, of course, they're, they're not getting any younger. So against pace, they're going to struggle. But 
if you were a Danish or an English fan, would you be encouraged by how Spain not just played but opened up Italy as well? Um, well, yes, you, you you would be, but again, you you have to give great credit to the Spanish players. You know, the Italian players, yes, they are aging a bit at the back, but they're still fabulous uh, players. No, no, no. Uh, but that's the game. Listen, this, this is what me and Andy played. You know, we played at a high level. That is the game. On the day, good players can undo other good players. And it's just who's who gets it right on the day, yeah. who's brave enough to have a go at you, have a nibble at you, take you on. You know, it's all about being brave. And, and Spain were brave in doing that. All credit to Italy. They, they stuck together. They, they, you know, they, they rode the storm a little bit at, at times. But, you know, like you said, you know, that, and that's a great ploy for them where they get the ball forward. They go from back to front quickly and then they all get up supporting, very fit to do that. And they play off, off the guy that, that, you know, the centre forward that's got the ball. So it, it's very, very interesting. Listen, England and Denmark, you know, I'm not going to forget them can both undo Italy as well. They, they they got players capable of doing that. But the Italians also have got quality players. We haven't seen England be undo like that yet. Um, no. I, and I think it's all credit to, to their back four. You know, the two centre-backs have been outstanding. Uh, Stones and Maguire, the keeper's been very, very good. And again, the two full-backs. So it's... Um, it, it's. I, I'd said earlier on, side before you came in, I don't see it going to penalties tonight. I think England will win in the 90 minutes. Um It'll be a one nil or a two one. You know, it'll be tight, which you expect in semi finals, um, and then obviously you you move on to the final, and and it really is a toss of a coin because whichever team gets there tonight, Denmark or England, you know, they're both quality teams, and they'll be playing a quality team. So it all makes for a great, hopefully, a great game tonight. What we saw last night, and and a brilliant final. And I haven't been excited about competition football like that for for a, for quite a while, but with the Indeed, quality. Yeah. Yeah, with the quality we've got left in, I, I I can't wait to see it tonight. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, Andy, I wanted to get your take on this comment from Rob Lay. Uh, he says, England will win. They'll go on to beat Italy um, in the final. England, to me, are the most in-tune team. The reason they will win it is everyone plays their part and they don't have to rely on individual players. They are truly a team. So uh, what do you make of that? And is that different to Italy or Denmark? Can, I think that's the confidence that Gareth's instilled in the supporters, in the players. I think that's, that's first and foremost. I'll, I'll put that comment in. He's he's going to come back now. Here he is. No, I knew he was going to come <laughs> back as soon as we started speaking. Drive me, Martin. There you are. We can hear you. Come on, Anne, come home. <laughs> I'm, I'm back now, I think. Yeah, he's yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't worry about it. It can't be helped. You know. uh, listen, no, I think, um, I, I don't think you can write the Italians off. Just like Jailos said, listen, you've got, for me, you've got very talented individual players. You've got your Immobiles, your Chiesa, your, your Insignia. Um, listen, I think England have got um, a better group around them, but I don't think those players... Uh, the England players are, are as good as those players individually and collectively. You know what I mean? I think collectively we've probably got a better group. Um, we spoke earlier on about the back three, back four of, of Italy. Um, 
you can only, and Jallo knows, you can only work on pace if there's pace behind, if there's space for those players to play behind. If Italy plays deep mm. as, they, as they did yesterday, there's no space in behind. So players have to play a different way. You've got to shoot from from um, from distance, or you've got to get round the round the back, round the and from the from the width. And that's where England do it really well. They get fullbacks bombing on, and that's where they're going to get joy tonight. You know what I mean? Because if Denmark set up with the five, like they look like they're going to, or the three, whichever way you look at it. Um, I think it'll play in England's hands a little bit because uh, the full-backs can bomb on and overlap. Um, and then I think that's where the England might get a little bit of joy against Italy as well if they get there. You know what I mean? I think... Um, I, I agree with Jai I think with what Spain did yesterday, I think it's giving each nation an opportunity and uh, um, a chance to show that Italy have got weaknesses. You know what I mean? They, they, they showed those weaknesses yesterday and, um, and, the, and they're not a formidable opponent. So you've got a little bit of a glimmer of hope. You know what I mean? I, I still believe they're the best team in the tournament. They looked a little bit tired yesterday. They picked up a couple more injuries yesterday. So does that even things out a little bit? I do agree with you. I like to flip up a coin. And, um, it, but like it is tonight, you know what I mean? I'm an England fan. I want England to win, but I do believe it is a flip of a coin. It's a semi-final of the European competition. You know what I mean? That any, every, every 22 player on that pitch is a match winner. Every single one of them. And one of those players in that 22 or 30, depending on how many subs are brought on tonight, one of those players is going to be a hero tonight, either England, in England or in Denmark. And uh, hopefully he's wearing white, if England are wearing white, by the way, and I'm not sure. But um, I, I, listen, I just hope it's as good a game as it was yesterday because there were so many good players turned up to the party last night. And tonight, I hope players don't cancel each other out and just ruin a game of football because England have been good when they've, when they've played their game. Um, and against Scotland, they were bad because they got stopped playing. So if they do get stopped playing tonight, they've got to find a way around it. They can't just match what, other, what the opponents do. You've got to worry about yourself and play your own game. You know what I mean? Jalo yeah. will tell you, you know what I mean? That teams try to upset you. And if Denmark mm-hmm. are going to upset England tonight, Go for it. Not bothered. But they've got to bring the, the big game to the table. They've got to be they've got to be ready for it. And if Denmark come at England and attack England, you've got to be ready for that as well. Because I expect Denmark to want to come and win because it's a semi-finals, a one-off. It's a it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these footballers. Yeah, it's gonna be um it's gonna be really interesting because we said on Monday that we thought the Denmark England game was gonna be like a Premier League game, and the game last night was gonna might be a bit more of a tactical affair. And last night was like a Premier League game in many ways. Like it was end to end for a lot of the game. I just hope that that doesn't mean that tonight is going to be a really tactical, dull, tight, nil-nil. I don't think it will be. I think there's too many good players on um, show. So moving on to Denmark, England. Um, First and foremost, I want to talk a bit about Denmark. Um, Look, number one, we all know what happened with Christian Eriksen. For them to rebound from that, and lose two group games, still get through the group stage, and then perform at the level they've performed at has been nothing short of phenomenal. And I think the credit that those those human beings deserve for being able to men- mentally strong enough to not only get through it and and play, but to play at the level they've played at is tremendous. But um, and they've got a really young side as well, um, outside of the sort of the back three or four. Um, there's three players which I want to highlight, which for me, or four technically, but three mainly, who I think if they perform, they're going to cause England real problems. Um, so I'll be interested in your take on this, both you guys. Um, and that's Holberg who plays alongside Delaney in the middle. And then up front, you've got Dolberg and Damsgaard. Damsgaard, particularly for a young man, has been sensational, scored a couple of sensational goals. And I just think if those three combine they could cause England 
a lot of problems because they they rotate, but they rotate. They don't rotate like right, center, left, swap wings. They rotate in and out of that number 10 position, that really awkward position between the holding midfielder and the defenders. And I just think uh, Declan Rice and Phillips have to have the game of their lives if those players are on form and play like they have so far this tournament because I don't necessarily, I think they're good enough to deal with it. I just think the position that these boys take up makes it very difficult for players to pick them up. And that's why they've scored so many goals where they've dropped off the defence and then scored from edge of the box 25 yards out. Um, and then the wide player, uh, Marley, as well, has had a very good tournament. But um, Andy, obviously, Damsgaard scored a couple of phenomenal goals. But like, why is that number 10 position or the position just behind that holding midfielder so difficult for everyone to pick up? Uh, it's difficult because you, it's it's if you, if they're clever enough that they're not being marked by anybody because they're they're too far away from the defensive midfielder and they're too far away from the centre half so they can get in a position half turn get on the ball and drive a defender so it makes them a really dangerous player because does the defender come out and leave a big hole behind for someone else to run into or do the centre midfielder go chasing around and, and ruin their position so then they can pick, get picked off and play around you I mean it's a it's going to be a, it's a game of chess, like last night was. You know what I mean? I, I believe you just spoke with there about if players have to have the game of their life. You know what I mean? If if England players have the game of their life, it's going to be walking the park. You know what I mean? Because it'll be because it, it, that's how good England can, can yeah, be on the, the day. Team, they? But likewise, likewise, if um, listen, Hoiberg, he, he's had a good season at Spurs. He's had um, you know what I mean? He hasn't been um, he probably hasn't been a standout player, but I think he's had a great team. For me, it's it's Denmark's spine of the team. You've got your two centre forwards. Um, you've got your Hoiberg, you've got your Krajar, and you've got your Peter Michael, uh, yeah, yeah, Kaspers Michael. And for me, if England can exploit three of those areas, they're going to win the game. You know what I mean? So if they keep a clean sheet, I believe they won the game. Um, yeah. If they can exploit the centre half, then they're going to score. And if they score, I believe they're going to win the game. And if you can dominate the midfield, you're going to have the ball all the game. You know what I mean? So England have got to find those areas and dominate those areas because the way that Denmark play with the wing backs. It's a big ask for a wing-back, Jail, I'll tell you. It's probably the worst position in football. You know what I mean? I'll be honest, I played there a couple of times and it's, 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 it's brutal. You know what I mean? You, 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 you go forward, you go back, you've got no energy to go forward, you've got, you've got to get back. You don't have a choice. And, and when you're playing against a winger who's going to keep you back, and then when you've got Kyle Walker bombing on, you've got Luke Shaw bombing on, it must be a thankful task to play against those kind of players. But if they nullify England in those areas then Denmark will win the game. You know what I mean? So that I know how important England's width is and England's wide players. If, if England's width and wide and full-backs aren't on the game of their lives as well, England won't win the game. You know what I mean? Look at the Scotland game. Cal Walker had his worst game on the ball for England in that game. England didn't score. They didn't create anything and that's why we struggled. You know what I mean? Because we didn't get the balls to the wingers. We didn't overlap. We didn't put crosses in. We didn't look like we were going to score. You change your game. It's chalk and cheese. You do it against Ukraine. You look like you're going to score every time you get the ball in. Listen, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think we just named half of the, the, the players who are going to be playing. And I hope every single one of those players brings their A game to the, ta to the table because yeah. then, we've got, then we've got goals galore and it's going to be like a boxing game like it was yesterday. You know what I mean? It's going to be like a boxing match where you punch me, I'll punch you harder. I'll punch you even harder. I'll punch you even harder. And whoever gets knocked down first, can they get up and fight again? And if they can't, and that's who you're going to lose. And it's just about, it's, it's, it's going to go down to subs. It's going to go right down to injury time. England have been really lucky in terms of nothing's gone to VAR yet, or penalty, or anything. There's something. I do believe there's a twist. And that might be for them against them. I'm not sure. But England have, have managed to not 
be involved in VAR like a lot of other countries have in, in, in small moments, big moments, but let's see if it happens today. I hope not. Well, um, yeah. I wanna I wanna talk to you and in a minute about the starting lineup because I've got a take which I want to get your opinion on. But first of all, Gilo, I wanted to just um, quickly talk to you or get your opinion on England haven't conceded a goal, which of course is an awesome achievement, but a lot could depend on if Denmark do get a goal in that first half is how they react to that, isn't it? Because that will be a new, a new twist on the tournament. If you like, it will be a different type of pressure. And let's be honest, there's a hell of a lot more pressure on England than there is Denmark. From the outs, from just a general pressure. So if they do concede a goal, they're going to need to need the same mental strength that Denmark, that Italy, that Spain, all those guys have shown over the last, you know, throughout the tournament. And you, you know, some people will say England haven't really been tested, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah. yeah. But if they do concede, Gilo, that's when they maybe need to. That's going to be the. What's the word I'm looking for? That's going to be the test, I guess, isn't it? If, yeah. if they do concede a goal in the first half. Yeah, without a doubt, sorry. And Listen, um, whether it's tonight or, or they make the final or they don't make the final, I think England will concede. Um, they're playing quality sides now. And and these sides they're playing against are capable of scoring goals. That you know, like we've just mentioned Denmark scored some some great goals. If they make the final, Italy have scored some great goals. But England can also they've got goal scorers in their team. So I see England. Yes, will po- possibly will concede or will concede, but they've got enough ammo then to go out and 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 score two up the other end. There's going to be times tonight in this game. You know, when when you're playing in in big matches or, or you watch big games, being an ex-player, same as Andy, but you, you know when you're on that field, there's there comes a time in in games where you have to take a risk. You have to gamble, like he just mentioned there. That's why England are so good. These wing backs, you know, it, it is a thankless task. They run sixty yards to try and get the ball from a midfield player and it breaks down. They've got to get 60 yards back then. You know, their engines are phenomenal to keep doing that and keep going. And 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 the, the one time they don't go, a midfield player look over and say, well, where are you? I'm, look, I'm looking over there for you. So this is where they are so good. Denmark, obviously, they, they'll have their, their ideas and take on it and they'll, they'll try and stop that or counteract it. So this is where I see it being a great game. It may be a case tonight. You mentioned about the number 10. One of our back lads, one of our two centre-backs, he has to go in, push in. So then, then you're thinking, oh, we're, we're, we're man for man now. But sometimes you've got to do that. You back yourself as a player against the, the, the guy you're playing against. And that's what wins games. That's what makes these uh, special players, better players stand out. So mm. I, I, th- I feel it will be a great game. I can see England winning. Um, and, and earlier on, seeing the news, it was fabulous to see Wembley way packed to the rafters. Yeah, the totally the atmosphere, atmosphere in Wembley, and I've been to Wembley, I've, I'm lucky enough to play there a couple of times for Wales, but I've also been there to watch finals. When Wembley is bouncing, certainly for, for England, uh, it's going to be that's another problem the Danes are going to have to uh, have to deal with. And uh, yeah. I, I just, it makes for a great game. It really does, lads. 100%. Um, for me, England will score in 90 minutes. So then it comes down to if Denmark can break down England. Um, what I've seen of Harry Maguire in this tournament and Luke Shaw in this tournament, that side of the English defence has been phenomenal. John Stones, touch wood, has had a fantastic tournament. Yeah. Um, Jordan Pickford's made one error 
which me and Andy uh, were talking about the other day, but it didn't cost him. No. He needs to make sure that that was his error for the tournament because yep. there's a couple of players in that England backline, Kyle Walker, John Stones, Pickford, for their clubs. They have been liable to a little bit of an error here and there, lack of concentration. Tonight's not the night for that. You've got to be bang on, yep. concentrate in 90 minutes. Um, right, and to finish us off, mate, I want to talk about the starting lineup a little bit and get your take on it, but also uh, my opinion. So my opinion of it is, um, well, first of all, the starting lineup is basically is the same other than Saka is in for Sancho. Yep. Um, and uh, Calvert-Lewin is not on the bench at all. So my take, and it's only a small sort of, not a gripe, but I think it's Gareth Southgate's first gamble of the tournament. Um, I think dropping Sancho is a risk after the way he played because if you bring on Sancho now and his nose is out of joint in any way for being dropped, you might not get the same out of him for 15 minutes that you would have previously. Um, whereas if you'd brought Sacco on from the bench, he's coming back from an injury, so he's going to be bang at it and really raring to go. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a gamble because Sancho was so good against the Ukraine as well. I do understand that also the, the Saka has been fantastic. We've also discussed Saka tends to only play between 45 minutes and an hour before he gets substituted off. But it's a gamble, nonetheless, even if it's just a small one, because I do think Saka could cause a lot of problems for Denmark. Um, and then the other one is if Harry Kane, and again, touch word that it doesn't happen, if he gets injured in that first five or ten minutes, England haven't got a like-for-like like number nine who will hold the ball up and play off. Because, yes, they've got Rashford and Foden and, and Sancho who can all play you know, right, centre, left, middle, whatever but they haven't got that traditional number nine on the bench. So again, that's a little bit of a risk. What they have got is a team full of penalty takers. Um, but what do you take? What do you, what do you think of what I just said, Anne? Um, and listen, I think it, it, like we said at the start, I think it's football is great because it's full of opinions. It's absolutely fantastic. I, what um, I wouldn't have guessed his team tonight. I'll be honest. I, I, it wasn't the team that I would have picked. Um, I even thought he was going to go match them like for like and go back to wing backs like he did against Germany and go and play three at the back and put the wing backs against the wing backs and flood the midfield and maybe he's put um, somebody up next to Harry or just behind Harry. Um, but listen, can't fault Gareth's tactics during the tournament. Um, he's gone for a team which he's tried, he's tested, it's worked. Um, he knows exactly what time his subs are going to be made, who's going to do it, who's coming on, who's going off. Um, and I just, um, I think he's got it right. Listen, it's a bit, the, 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 he's, got, he's got it right as long as Harry Kane plays well. You know what I mean? Harry Kane is two goals away from getting the golden boot. You know what I mean? Harry Kane scores tonight, he's got a great chance to get a golden boot. If he scores two tonight, he's going to get it himself. You know what I mean? What a, what a carrot for Harry Kane. He's had a wonderful season for, for Spurs, assists and golden boot. To get the, get the golden boot in the Euros, you know what I mean? He's got to get a goal tonight. He's got to score again in the final if you get there. Or he's got to score two tonight. You know what I mean? So it's, it's individuals. He's got an opportunity after having a, an iffy tournament. I won't say a poor one because he's picked up the last couple of games. Um, but for me, listen, Gareth's got his tactics right. If they lose, yeah. we lose. And we lose to a better side because it's not about the team what he's picked because that team's won games. It's, it's yes. the, the, the back four or the back five or the way you look at it with the keeper. 
it's, it hasn't let a goal in. So if we get beat 1-0 tonight or 2-1, we've kept five, six clean sheets in the tournament. You get beat by the better side, it is what it is. I'll be heartbroken because I'm a proud Englishman, but I won't be losing any sleep over it. I'll just be gutted and I probably won't watch the final. I'll spit me dummy right out. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, I think I think it's stupid to not back the manager because he's made so many right calls so far in the tournament. And yeah, think, he's got um, everything right, hasn't he? And I, th- yeah. I, I think, listen, if I, if I was picking an England team now, I want to see, I'd probably have seven centre-forwards, six behind and two mm-hmm. centre-halves and, and I want him to go for it because we've got that much talent, but he thinks of the team first and foremost. He thinks of the spine of the team, how solid he wants them from back to front. And we've got enough quality to win this game, but so have they. So it's going to be a it's going to be a phenomenal phenomenal night. Um, Jilo, you mentioned the uh, on Monday show that England have got um, and Southgate has created a great togetherness similar to Wales in 2016, and I think that enables him to change the starting lineup and drop players because I think, though well, certainly the way it seems from the outside. I think that they all just want to win. They all just believe that they've got a job to do and he picks who he thinks is going to do the job on that day and they're all happy to slot in and out. And, oh, if it's not my turn today, it's not my turn. However, of course, they're all multi-million pound footballers who have all got an ego. And I'd be very surprised if, you know, the likes of Jack Grealish and Phil Foden are particularly pleased about the amount of minutes they've got, but and Rashford and some others, but you can't. Whilst you're winning, it's not a problem, is it? Because no. the players don't care; they just want to win the tournament. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a three or four niller. I think it's going to be tight. Um, finishes off, Jilo. Give us your prediction for England versus Denmark. Okay, just quickly, say again with what Andy said, um, Gareth Southgate. Um, did know a great deal about him, as you know, as we know he's the England manager, but but because you're watching the games and little things I see him doing, I, I think I mentioned the, the last time I was on that he put it, um, he put his arm around um, Jack Grealish, spent two two couple of minutes with him, telling him why he didn't get on, his his reasons for that. You know, now Jack Grealish is a top quality player, arguably would get in most teams in the Euros, but but Gareth, I also think, is top quality with his man management. Um, I think these lads have got the, uh, the, the, the the feeling that they'd rather be in the England squad, sat on the bench, than not in this squad at all. Because they, they, it, this England uh, team now, or the squad of players, is that good. You don't want to be falling out with the manager and, and not playing. So, and, and Gareth Southgate has created that. And let's not forget the backroom staff as well. You know they they play yeah. uh, they play a big part. Graham but, uh, Jones, former yeah. guest of our show. Um, yeah, totally. Yep. So you know they they they're all doing their bits. But um, yeah, uh, listen, tonight's game uh, first and foremost, I'm I'm hoping England win. You know, I'm a I'm a Welshman, but I'll always support England in a in a major competition. Like I said many a times, I watched them win in '66. And that was absolutely fantastic. You know, it, it's so exciting. And I'd love England to do it again because I think it, it's good. You know, we're, 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 we're a British, you know, we're Britain. We're part of an island. England's part of our, uh, of our union, you know, along with Scotland, Wales and Ireland. So, you know, I want all our teams to do well. Obviously, if Wales were playing England, I want Wales to win. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I want England to win. But, again, they're good enough. They've got the, the ability, the players. I definitely think that uh, he will, he, like we said, he started with Sacco, but I see 
I see Jack Grealish coming on somewhere uh, in, in this game. And I also think that um, that Sancho will come on as well. So, you know, we've got... We, I say we, England have got some some fabulous players to, to, to come off the bench. But, um, yes, Gareth Southgate, tactically, uh, know-how, man management, this kid's got it all and, and he's, he's got a great future. And, and England, really, I think, even up to now, before tonight's game, they need to tie him down because he, yeah. he's that good a manager. Yeah, totally agree. Um, OK, well, I know Andy wants to finish now because he wants to watch the national anthem. Um, <laughs> answer to John Bywell's question, he says, Si, do you want England to win? Yes, I do. Well done, uh, Andy. Si, si, was a bit, si was a bit sick in his mouth then when Jalo was saying all that <laughs> stuff. Just... <laughs> uh, Andy, what's the score going to be? Go. England. England, England, England. All the way. OK, there we go. Um, I think it's going to be uh, two all, and then it's going to go to penalties. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, think to, it, I, I think England will win on penalties because their team, from from the from the starting eleven all the way through the bench, is full of players who take the penalties for their clubs, and I believe they've got so many players who've been in that position at the top level that they will coast it. So si, I'll do a, I'll do a, I'll do a promise to everybody. If it goes to penalties tonight, I will video penalties of me watching the penalties. I'll be, I'll yeah. Be, let's oh, no, let's do an insta live of penalty shooting. Insta live, heartbreaking. Insta live of the penalty shooting. Someone did say, can we do an insta live at halftime of the England Denmark game? Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. But uh, we'll see. Let's Andy see. could be could be crying by then, one way or the other. <laughs> Good night, God bless, Jilo. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us over these on, uh, last couple of weeks. Legend, yeah. Come on, England. Hey, thank you, lads. Again, you know, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, Jeez, you know, again, Andy, good luck tonight with England, mate. Keep your nerves, I'm sure. Yeah, hey. just just think. I'm you, you, I can't. Yeah. I've got nothing to lose. I've got no. I've got no air. I've got nothing to lose. Just get more grey. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got one very important thing to say to finish off, and that is. Buy these brand new Ace Podcast Nation t-shirts. They're <laughs> yeah. to be different. They're in the shop. They're nice. And they are they're really nice. Like like this green one. But yeah, there's lots of stuff. There's Andy Campbell stuff. Uh, Andy Campbell football stuff. There's hoodies. There's all sorts of stuff. Have a little look. Links on the Facebook page. Nice one, guys. See you Friday, Cheers, 7 o'clock.
Social Podcast Network.